You're listening to the Sermon Podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. My name is Gray Carter. Um, I get to continue our series on the armor of God. Uh, Each week, we're adding a new component uh, to the armor of God that Paul describes in Ephesians, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6. You know, last week, we, uh, we buckled we fastened the belt of truth around our waist. And today we're going to talk about what it means to put on the breastplate of righteousness, which guards our heart and protects the core of who we are. Recently, um, I was asked to officiate a wedding. You know, as someone from the worship team, I was honored to serve in that way and to be a part of something sacred. And as the date was approaching, I realized I didn't have any nice clothes. I, I had outgrown it. Everything just was ill-fitted, didn't look right, was too small. And so uh, my wife and I, one night, we went out shopping. But it was, it was kind of late at night, and the only things open were Ross and uh, Goodwill. And so we're like, okay, let's try. We're kind of on a budget anyways. Let's try to make it work. And so we try, we try to be creative. We try looking at pictures on Pinterest and like, you know, trying to make it work. And I tried things on and everything just looked frumpy, like nothing fit right. And I was starting to get discouraged. I was like, you know, I told myself, I'm not sure I'm the guy for this. Why don't you find someone who can dress nice? <laughs> Why don't you find someone who can look presentable and officiate with authority? I went home defeated. But the next day, we went to that place in the mall that specializes in suits and tuxes. We walk in, and then two employees, they pull out the, the measuring tape. They start taking my measurements. They pull out that big book, that catalog that shows all the options, and they're pointing out color combinations and different styles. You know, these, these people are knowledgeable. They're experts. They know what a guy like me should wear to an outdoor, summertime, semi-casual, semi-formal wedding. <laughs> and so they, uh, they give me the, the components, the pieces. I start putting on the different pieces, the, the black shoes, black socks, the different pieces. I put on a new belt, tailored pants, form-fitting shirt, Confidence is rising. Maybe optimism is rising. Maybe I'm the guy for this. Maybe I can do this. But we had trouble finding our final component. See, the the jacket just didn't look right. It didn't feel right for a summertime wedding. It was a little too expensive. The tie didn't look right or feel right. And then someone pulled out a vest. Let's see that picture. Got the vest. That felt right. And the vest is kind of like a breastplate. It covers your core, your midsection. I was like, okay, I'm dressed the part. I feel like the, I'm the guy of confidence. I'm going to go in there and officiate this wedding with confidence and honor that couple. You know, I was dressed the part on my outer frame. And then within me, inner confidence started to rise. This is something called the mind-body connection. You know, there are scientific studies 
a field of scientific studies, they, they study the interwoven connection between your mind and your body, you know, between your physical, your emotional, your mental self. And they'll do studies. You know, one example, they say, if you're not feeling confident, try standing up with a better posture. Shoulders back, is this good posture? Stand with good, you know, make that move on the physical, put on a good posture, and it'll change the chemistry in your brain, and you will start to feel more confident. Better posture, more confidence. Uh, Another thing, you know, um, they say if you put a big old cheesy smile on your face, it will elevate your mood, reduce your stress. Let me see, someone give me a cheesy, big old cheesy smile. Where is it? That's good. That's a little creepy. That's good. Elevate your mood. Put that smile on your face. You first in the physical, and then it affects your, your feelings, your, your emotional, your mental, your inner self. And of course, with, with clothing, you know, you put on the right clothes on your outer frame, and it elevates, it lifts your perspective. You know, true story. When I first got this, this shirt right here, about two years ago, I, I tried it on. I came out in the living room. My wife said, it looks nice. My youngest daughter said, that looks nice. You finally look like a man. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> what does that mean? I don't know what that did to my confidence, but I'm wearing it. I think I look like a man today. <laughs> what you put on with clothing on your physical can influence your inner self, your mental, your emotional. And this is obvious, right? This is obvious, but I think there's another layer to this. You know, after reading through Ephesians, after reading the writings of Paul, I think there's another layer. I would add this, what you put on in the spiritual will affect your emotional, your physical, your mental self. What you put on in the spiritual sense in your spiritual self will shape the rest in every part of your life. Mind-body connection, what you put on in the spiritual. And that's what Paul is saying with the breastplate, with, with the armor, with the different components. If you're dressed the part, put on the breastplate, put on the armor, and see how that flows out and how that affects and how that's connected to every other part of your life. See how it shapes every other part of your life. Let's look at an actual breastplate. This looks similar to the one we have on stage. Um, this belonged to an, an actual Roman soldier, dates back to the first or maybe second century, you know, around the time that Paul would have been writing this letter to the Ephesians. The armor of a Roman soldier weighed about 70 pounds, and most of that weight came from the breastplate. The main purpose of a breastplate was to protect your core, protect your midsection, protect your vital organs, especially your heart. Because it doesn't matter how strong you are, how fast you are, how smart you are, one blow to the heart, you're taken out, you're done. One blow to your physical heart. You know, talking about your physical heart, your physical heart is the thing that pumps life into your body. You know, it circulates, it flows all throughout your body, it, it pumps blood into your, to your brain and your limbs and your, your pinky toe. This flows all, all throughout your body, giving life and vitality. But your spiritual heart, when we read about the heart in Scripture, that is not the thing that pumps blood. 
Your spiritual heart, the heart of scripture, is the very center, the core of who you are. It's your emotions, your feelings, your ambitions, your conscience, convictions. It is interwoven with your thoughts. It's intimately connected to your mind. There's a, there's a proverb, proverb four, um, Proverbs 4, verse 23 says, above all else, guard your heart, for everything flows from it. Above all else, guard your heart, for everything you do flows, flows from it. There is, this is your spiritual heart, but there's still a flow. It still circulates. It affects every part of you, your, your thoughts, your mind, your physical self, your emotions. It's flowing. It's like a spiritual cardiovascular vascular system. It's flowing. Jesus said in the scripture, in the, the gospels, Jesus said what we store up in our heart pours out into every area of our life. What you store up in your heart will then pour out and affect every area of your life. That's what Jesus is saying in the gospels. And so, if your heart is full of good stuff, if your heart is full of things of, of the Lord, of, of pure stuff, then that's beautiful. It's going to result in a life in which just pure stuff and good stuff and things of God just flows out of you and affects every part of you. But if your heart is messed up, if there's poison in your heart, if your heart is rotten, it's going to flow out and contaminate every other part of you. And so, if I was your enemy, I would go after your heart. If I was your enemy, I would go after your heart because then I would, I would have access to your thoughts and access to your ambitions, access to every part of you. I could uh, derail the course of your life. If I was your enemy, I would go after your heart. One blow to the spiritual heart can take you out. And so Paul, in Ephesians chapter 6, says, guard your heart. Protect the core of who you are. Put on the armor. You need protection. Let's read that, that passage. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to take your stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all of this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. Prayer seems to be the seventh component of the armor. With this in mind, be alert 
and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Here in this, in this passage, Paul introduces the idea of spiritual warfare. Spiritual war. This is not something we talk about often. But Paul is saying you have an enemy. There are forces working against you. They're scheming, strategizing. He's saying there's a regimented rank and file that wants to tear you down, discourage you, contaminate your thoughts, put chaos into your heart. There's an an enemy who wants to cause division and dissension in your relationships, in your home, in your family, cause separation between you and God, drag you down into the depths of isolation, He's saying beneath the surface, there are forces that want to expose open wounds, core wounds, expose insecurities that you might have, pull your mind into thought patterns that are not healthy for you. And so he's saying armor up, suit up, put on every component. Because we're under attack armor up, suit up, and he starts with the belt of truth. He begins with the belt of truth. You know, Paul's saying before you can put on anything else, you must start with the firm foundation of the truth of God based on the word of God. Before anything else, you must start with truth. Not relative truth. It's not truth that we just make up as we go, but we start with the foundation of truth. We put the belt of truth on, and then only after that can we put on the breastplate of righteousness. Truth informs righteousness. This is what righteousness is on the screen. Righteousness is when our actions are based on the truth. Our thoughts are informed by the truth and our hearts are aligned with the truth. Let's keep that up for a bit. Righteousness, our actions are based on the truth. Thoughts informed by the truth. Our hearts aligned with the truth. It is when our actions honor God our thoughts honor God and what is in our heart, what's stored up in our heart is honoring and pleasing to the Lord. And so unrighteousness, unrighteousness is when our actions and our thoughts and our heart is not in alignment with God and with the truth of God. And when you live an unrighteous life, you're opening yourself up to attack. When you're living an unrighteous life, you're creating an environment that is inviting to the enemy. Let me give an analogy. Um, My wife and I, our family, we live in Moscow. We live right by a creek. I think it's called Paradise Creek, right next to it. And when you live by a creek, uh, there's all these uh, snakes and uh, swimming rats and all these other creatures that come up and they, they slither and they crawl and they waddle up on our property. And what makes it worse is that on the side of our yard closest to the creek, we have been collecting trash. See, it all started with a branch that fell down during a storm, this huge branch. We didn't have a chainsaw. We didn't have a trailer. And so we just kind of kept it there on the side of the yard. And then over time, I would do yard work. I'd pull up weeds and and dead bushes, and I'd put all the the shrubbery, the dead shrubbery on the side of the yard. And then over time, for some reason, it seemed to collect 
cardboard boxes and, and trash as it just kept adding up. I'm not going to show a picture of this because I don't want to embarrass my wife. I don't want to put our, our trash out. The, uh, okay. I guess we'll just put all our trash out there. That is the side of our yard. Started with a branch, then shrubbery, and then all of a sudden boxes appeared. I, I think with the hopes that we would soon find a trailer and haul it away. And what we didn't realize is that uh, this environment is the perfect dwelling place for things that slither, for slimy things. You know, it's dark and damp. They hide under the trash. Uh, this, what we didn't initially realize is that this environment is like a perfect invitation. It's like a handwritten invitation for slimy and slithering things to come and make themselves at home. You know, sometimes we, we store up things in our heart. It just starts with a little bit of trash, something unrighteous, something not of, of God, and then it, it just kind of piles up and it kind of stores up and it, it invites things and it, things that make it worse. I remember reading this, this story about this worship leader named Brian Johnson, this um, well-known songwriter and worship leader. He, he wrote many of the songs we sing here in this church, including Battle Belongs. Several years ago, he was doing his thing. You know, he's leading worship and uh, writing songs, giving sermons. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, he was hospitalized for extreme anxiety attacks. He had a nervous breakdown. And it took him out for six months. For six months, he couldn't work, he couldn't lead worship, couldn't function. He stayed in his bed from anxiety attacks and a nervous breakdown. And they tried medication. They tried prayer. Uh, worship leaders would, would come to his bedside and, and would sing songs of worship as he was curled up in his bed. As he slowly recovered, he realized that it all started with relational conflict that built up, turned into bitterness and contempt. It stored up, kept building up, and then it started flowing out and affected every part of his life, physically, emotionally, spiritually, mentally. Every part connected, every part suffering Recently, I heard this, um, this testimony at Restoration Night. This guy was being um, crushed by a very private, lust-filled battle, looking at pictures and videos, storing his heart with things that were not in alignment with the truth of God. He was storing that up in his heart. It was building up. It started to flow out. Soon he started having extreme anxiety and this feeling of impending doom this feeling that you know, someone, people were going to find out in his life was going to come to an end. You know, we store things up in our heart, and then it starts to fester. It starts to invite other things. It starts to swirl around, and it affects our physical, our mental, our emotional self. Romans 6, verse 20 through 21, says, When you are slaves to sin... Yes, you were free from the control of righteousness, but what benefit did you reap at that time? 
from the things that you are now ashamed of. Those things result in death. When you were slaves to sin, when you were living an impure life, what benefit did you reap? And what do you have to show for it but broken relationships and loss of trust? Spiritual distance between you and God. When you're a slave to sin and impurity, what, how did it benefit you? And he goes on to say, offer yourselves as slaves to righteousness. Become a slave to righteousness. Let it control you. Let it inform you. Align with righteousness and see how it plays out in your life. See how it flows out and affects your relationships. See how it positively shapes your life physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. Put on righteousness and see all that God has for you. As I was thinking about the junk in my own life, I was examining my heart, introspecting. I was like, What's, what junk is in there? Quickly highlighted was bitterness. I was like, look at the, the bitterness stored up for people who've wronged me. It stores up and then it swirls around and then it replays in your mind and it's like there's something beyond my natural mind that stirs it, provokes it, and prods it and replays it over and over again. It's like there's something else there that is stirring it up, causing, causing a greater degree of bitterness and a hardened heart. You know, I need to guard my heart from bitterness, from unforgiveness, you know, daily in a battle, daily to put the breastplate on. I need to clean my heart and guard it from unforgiveness, contempt. So I've seen the results, the, the hardened heart, the effects on my physical, on my mental, emotional. I need to, to guard my heart, protect my, the core of who I am. You know, when I, when I think about the core of who I am, you know, I'm a worshiper. That's the core of who I am. I'm, I'm a man after God's own heart. I am fearfully and wonderfully made to live a life honoring and pleasing to the Lord. But do my actions reflect that? Do my thoughts reflect that? Do the things that, that I keep stored in my heart reflect that? As far as the application for this message, what's the application besides Guard your heart. Clean your heart. What's the application? 
I don't know what battle you're facing. I don't know what is stored up in your heart. I don't know the things that are most likely to to build up in your heart. I don't know the temptations. I don't know the things that you struggle with. But I do know that the Holy Spirit convicts us of our unrighteousness. If you are a follower of Christ, if the truth of God is flowing through your veins, then the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now. In fact, let's pray. Holy Spirit, highlight to us those things that are hiding in the the dark and damp places in our heart. Highlight to us those things that that are rotten within our heart, that are eating us away from the inside. We may even we may already know what those things are. The Holy Spirit, highlight them, bring them to the surface, to the forefront of our mind. Soften hearts it's all around the room. Or soften hearts to bitterness that stores up. the unforgiveness in our hearts. The things that enslave us, that control us. We know what it's like to be controlled by something that's poisonous and and rotten, that's stirring within us, affecting us in every part of our life. Sometimes our pride keeps it there. Sometimes we ignore it. The Holy Spirit convict us in a way that only you can. Break the cycles. Break the patterns. Empower us to do things that we can't alone. Holy Spirit, give us a clean heart your heart renewed mind pray that we would just release it whatever it is just release it pray that we would confess it Scripture says that when we confess and we stop hiding our junk, we stop hiding our sin, the Lord forgives us, makes us new, makes all things whole again, all things new again. So right now we confess, we ask for forgiveness the things that we've been walking in, things we've been thinking, 
allowing into our heart and our mind. We thank you that you are a God who forgives. We want our hearts to flow out into every part of our life, pure things of you and stored up in our heart. There's already enough to battle. Lord, we want to make things all, thing, all things new, all things right. We want to be in alignment with you, our thoughts, our hearts. And the physical and the spiritual, holistically yours. I am holistically yours, Lord. I surrender every part of me. I pray just that around the room that there'd be decisions made uh, to let things go. We don't want to be enslaved anymore, controlled anymore. We want to be a slave to righteousness. Slave to your truth. Lord, we thank you. Thank you. Ephesians chapter 4, 22 says, You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, take off your old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. But instead, we are to be made new in the attitudes of our minds, put on our new self, put on our new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So again, finally, Paul is saying, put on your new self, take off your old self, put on, on the spiritual, your new self, your breastplate, breastplate of righteousness, put on your armor, guard the core of who you are, and see how that plays out in your life, in your relationships, in your physical, in your mental, in your emotional, in your spiritual, and see all that God has for you. As we take communion, as we prepare for communion, we remember that we have righteousness, we only have righteousness because of Christ. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory and righteousness of God. But Jesus bore our sins on the cross. He took our sins on the cross that we might become the righteousness of God. As we take communion, let's remember our old self, the death of our old self. Let's remember new life, renewed mind, transformed heart. So the Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's remember. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's pray.
Lord, we thank you for the righteousness we have in you. We thank you for a new life that we put on every day, a breastplate that we put on every day, that you make all things new, all things whole again, that you have the power to break any stronghold, to break anything that binds us, to make us want to do things that we didn't think we could. Lord, we want to live a life pleasing and honoring to you. Our minds, our hearts, our body, every part of us. So Lord, shape us, mold us, form us into who you want us to be. It's in your name we pray, amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.